0: Well, we're on a series that I've entitled a couple of different titles, and <laughs> we've, we've got this message and, and two more <clears throat> that I'll share along this line, because I really felt like this, this series has been vital. If, you, if you've missed this, you can go to gatesofthecity.org, and you can download or listen to for free any of the messages. I think... I think on uh, on the website. I think they're entitled "Submission," but I've kind of changed the title back to "Freedom" because we started on on Fourth uh, of July weekend that Sunday, and the title of my message that day was "Freedom," and now the title of my message today is "Freedom." Amen. <clears throat> Liberty and freedom, and there's things in God's Word that we have to understand and embrace that in the natural, sometimes it's it's difficult to see things clearly if you're not given some information to dig out in the Word itself. In fact, look at Isaiah 55 before we read our foundation Scripture in James 4. Look at Isaiah 55 in verse 8. Isaiah 55 in verse 8 it says for, for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are, are your ways my ways says the Lord as, the, as for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts so I've said this before, This you've probably heard other people say the same thing, but I've, I got this revelation sometime in my life. It was a really, really, really deep revelation. And uh, that revelation was this, that God is smarter than me. <laughs> deep revelation, <clears throat> right? God is smarter than I am. And right here it says that his thoughts and my thoughts conflict. You, I shared this a few weeks ago in this series, but I'm bringing this up again. You know, when, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he, was, he had taken his disciples with him, and they, he told them to pray, and he, and he went off and went farther into the garden and started praying and part of his prayer to the father was lord if there be any other way well what was the way it was god's way the father's way if there be any other way let this cup pass from me but not my will jesus said but your will so there in the garden we see that Jesus' will and the Father's will were different. You can argue that. I mean, I've had people spit on me telling me that that's ridiculous, that Jesus was the Son of God and He thought everything and did everything perfect and everything. No, no, no. no. His will and the Father's were different in that moment. But not my will, yours be done. What was it? What Jesus did at Calvary, we talk about as the ultimate act of sacrifice. But to me, today, I'm telling you, and I've said this to you in a, several different messages, it was the ultimate act of submitting himself to the will of God. Above the ultimate act of sacrifice, what Jesus said that in that moment was the ultimate act of submission. because see, submission doesn't start until there's disagreement. Otherwise, you're just in agreement with people. You can be in agreement with people all day long. You can be in agreement with people that are authorities in your life. You may work for somebody. You have a boss at a job that you work for, and you might be in agreement. Everything's fine. But all of a sudden... They ask you to do something that you don't want to do. I'm not talking about something illegal or immoral or that goes against the Word of God. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that's their preference because they're the leader. Nothing, nothing in the form of submission kicks in until you disagree. And we can see right there that Jesus was struggling with the will of the Father. how many could see that he had a right to struggle? All the sins of the world that had ever been and ever will be, and he never sinned, he took them on himself. He chose to take upon himself. So, what we're talking about in the last few weeks today and a couple more messages along this line is the freedom that comes from submission. And the submission starts, it starts with understanding really the definition. The word submission is a military term and it means, it, it, it refers to rank and file. In other words, to come under. And so, In our two foundation passages, I I, I want to talk about this again. James chapter 4 and verse 6. But he gives more grace, or one translation says greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And, and not just grace, but to the humble, He gives great grace. Great grace to the humble. Therefore, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and He will flee from you. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you, cleanse your hands. And purify your hearts, you double minded. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Who's doing the drawing? Is it a picture of God pulling you in or does it tell you to draw near? Tells us to draw near. Well, there's ways to draw near, there's ways to connect to God. There's a way, there's an understanding of rank and file with God and coming under. What he says, and what he says being the true and final authority that settles everything in your life. And, that, and it, it's, the process is simple, but it's not easy. I'm going to say it again. The process is very simple. Study the Word. Get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. Learn to know the difference between the voice of the world and the voice of God through the Holy Spirit and allow the truth to work in your life, and then just do what He says. Wow, simple. But it's not easy. If it's easy, everybody would be doing it. It's simple. Say, it's simple. But it's not easy, because there's work to be done. It's free. You and I are free to receive everything that God has, But it's not an easy process, and it takes dedication. Like, if you're going to be successful at anything, you've got to be dedicated. Right? When I was growing up, my dad was a golf pro, so I was a golfer. I played golf from the time I can remember till whenever. I still play. But I I played lots and lots of golf, lots of tournament golf. I did all that. But to play tournament golf, I had to be dedicated To play the game, to practice the game like you would anything else. Well, it's no different. It's no different in the world of God's kingdom and understanding His ways of doing. His thoughts and my thoughts are as far as the East is from the West. So, what I've got to do is draw near to Him so my thoughts become more like His thoughts, not trying to get Him to think like me. He's the success. He's the model. He's got all the goods. I draw to Him. When I take a step towards Him, man, He'll he'll take three towards you. We just have to move in His direction. We have to choose to draw to His way of thinking because to draw to God is to think like God, and we're going to prove that out today just in the next few minutes. Um, 1 Peter Five, and it says pretty much the same thing, just a couple of the things that we mentioned last week and then I want to look at two passages of Scripture for today. Verse 5, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God does what? Again, it's a passage out of the... Out of the Old Testament, God resists the proud, but He gives grace, or great grace, to the humble. Therefore, humble who? Who who does the humbling right here? Does God make you humble yourself, or do you humble yourself? The Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in the proper time doing what? Casting all Of your care upon Him. I don't have time to go into what we shared last week along this line, but taking the cares of life, trying to work your life out on your own when God created you to trust Him is pride. Thinking you know better and thinking that God, well, God is over here and I've got to take care of all this. No. You, you, you need God so you can take care of everything else correctly and properly. And remember, as far as the east is from the west, his thoughts and your thoughts, so the journey is about learning to think like him. And in the process of learning to think like God and coming closer to him, what happens is there's an extraction process of a lot of things we've been stuck in the mud and stuck in a rut, thinking and doing some of the same things over and over and over and over again, when God is trying to reveal to us part of the problems in life or the things that we don't see results, is to get different results than what you've been getting. You've got to do things you've never done before, and that is begin to think like God. I don't care how much you think you think like God, God wants you to think like Him more and more every day. Because the more I think like God, the more I get the results that He's desiring for me to get. He said, Casting all your care, He said, Humble yourself, verse 6, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in the proper time, casting all your care upon Him because He cares for you. Verse 8 kind of goes with what James 4 7 said, but it says here, Be sober and vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking somebody that's not sober and not vigilant. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for you and I not to be consistent. He's trying to trip you up and convince you that in God's kingdom, being faithful to God is no good. It won't produce anything. Because if He can get you out of the Word, and get you out of your thinking changing, if He can trip you up and discourage you and make you think that God's not concerned about who you are or your life, and He's not involved and doesn't really want to be because He's too busy with too many other things. I mean, you know, there's national security involved out there, and God's too busy to be concerned with your life. God's not concerned about national security. He has angelic security. Hmm? He has heavenly security. He's not concerned about national security. He's concerned about every individual human being and right where you're at. That's all God's concerned about. All of heaven is focused on humanity. God's heart is people, not programs and issues or anything else. God's heart is people. But the deal is if we don't learn as people that we're created by God to think like God, And to understand His nature and how to tap into His nature and His way of doing things. Then we live on earth as children of God, but with no plan and no purpose and not producing what God intended for you to produce. Because you have to think like God. Amen? And the enemy is trying to do everything he can to keep you from tapping in to the source day to day. You can be born again and not tapped in you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost and not tapped in because you're not vigilant consistent you're not steady you're not focused you're not developing within yourself the understanding that God's Word has to become final authority that settles everything without that you're not tapped in born again heaven's your home if you're, born, if you're born of the Spirit of God, then heaven's your home. Well, God's concern is how we live here. And He wants you living victoriously here on planet Earth. Can you say amen? amen. So, um, you know, the Bible's real clear about that traditions or ways of thinking, there's a passage in the book of John that says, the traditions of men make the Word of God of no effect. There's no effectiveness of the Word of God when we live by traditions. Traditions. I want you to answer me when I say this. What's the first thing you think of when you think of traditions? Traditions. Don't don't answer me. Just think about that for a moment. What do you think of when you think of traditions? Things that have been handed down. Things that maybe parents and grandparents and so on and so on, family members, you know, whoever, or or just different groups of people maybe that your traditions, things that you've done for a long period of time and others have done. And the question is today, are those traditions working? Are they working for you, and are they working for me? The Bible's real clear. Traditions of men cause the word of God to become of no effect. So, one of the things, one of the places that you see traditions is in religion. The difference between religion and Christianity is Christianity is a way of thinking like Jesus. Religion is a way of thinking that's been man-made taken originally probably from God but watered down and now it's man's way of thinking I don't know about you, I want Christianity I want Christ-likeness I don't want the traditions of men because if the traditions of men make the word of God of no effect then we got to get rid of that and you say amen so uh, Song we sang today, um, you will always be more than enough. What was that song we sang? What's it called? Your promises. Your promises. That you will always be more than enough. You'll always be more than enough. Will he? Will he always be more than enough? You, you have to individually ask yourself that question. Will he be more than enough? Will he always be more than enough in every situation? And to be able to answer that question truthfully and that he always will be depends on what you're doing with what you're hearing and what you're receiving and how are you positioning yourself to receive from God's Word. Because if we're doing nothing with it, if we're not sober and vigilant, if we're not consistent and going after the truths of God's Word, Our minds are not being renewed, our thinking isn't changing, and so more than likely we're staying with traditions. Some traditions are good, but traditions of men that want to water the Word of God down are no good, because they make the Word of God of no effect and no power, no authority to carry through. So turn with me to Romans 10, and I want to just read through two passages of Scripture as I talk about a couple things today. Romans chapter 10. Romans 10 <clears throat> and verse 1 Brother my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God but not in according not but not according to knowledge verse 3 for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to, what? The righteousness of God. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they've not submitted to God's righteousness. Now The word righteousness is just literally what's right. Uh, one translation is that righteousness is God's way of doing. So there's God's way of doing and then there's your way of doing, right? And I and I, I'm I'm just telling you right up front, you don't have to you 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 don't have to question this at all whatsoever. Your way of doing and his way of doing will clash. Somewhere along the line, the two will clash. Your way of thinking, your way of doing, and his way of thinking, and his way of doing. They will clash. And he said, you know, here he's saying they're well-meaning, they've got good intentions, they want to see certain things happen and come to pass. But in in verse 3 here, he said, For they being ignorant of God's way of doing... And trying to establish things on their own ability are causing plans not to work out. And God's desire for you and I to be free comes and will always come all the rest of your life from your faith in His plan. I have to have faith in His plan. I had a guy one time, years ago, when I lived in the valley, in the Rio Grande Valley, I had a guy tell me that, and he, he had been, he was a, um, his family was Tejano um, rock and roll singers out of, deep down in Mexico, Mexico City. And, um, he, and, and his old family was, had been for years, they were, they were uh, rock and roll people. Uh, down in Mexico. And he got born again uh, f- with a guy through a church that we were a part of. And uh, I mean, he just got turned on. And he started studying the Word. And, and uh, because he could, he just spent all day, every day studying the Word. And he did it for months and months and months and months. And we got to be good friends. He and I did. And, and uh, so one day... We were—I can still remember—we were at a coffee shop, and he came in. And uh, you know, in those days, you know, we carried our Bibles everywhere, and we opened them wherever we were at because we wanted people to see our Bibles open so they'd ask us questions. And then if they asked us questions, we'd sit down or we'd go sit down with them. You know, we we just did, did crazy things all the time. I mean, good crazy. So he walks in, and I go, "Where's your Bible?" He said, you know what? I don't need it anymore. So, what do you mean you don't need it anymore? I'm past the Bible. I said, what does that mean? <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm past it. I don't need it. I've got it figured out. I've studied it now for nine months, and I know it. And I looked at him, and I kind of started moving away. <laughs> and, and he was convinced. The guy was convinced. He was convinced he was beyond the Bible. See, he had good intentions. He had a zeal for God, all this. But it wasn't in accordance to righteousness. Because see, I have to have faith in his plan. And how does faith come? It's in this passage of Scripture right here. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing comes by what? The Word. And the internal hearing comes from the continued hearing of the Word. Not from the Word I heard 10 years ago. See, the word I heard two weeks ago won't help me in what I'm hearing today. Because listen, if you're not hearing the word today, if you're not spending at least enough time listening to the word as you are listening to everything else, everything else will contaminate and affect you if there's no word coming in. It's a constant continual. The devil's prowling about like a roaring lion, seeking someone who is not sober and not vigilant. That's who he's looking for. And people that are not sober and not vigilant, that are not consistent in the Word, are not thinking according to the plan of God. In other words, this guy, what he had done, he was saying that God's plan was a bunch of different things. Number one, God's plan was there's a time when you graduate from the Word. I can't find it in there. Then there came a time when, you know, I mean, over the next few months, you know, he, he began to believe that he could do certain things that didn't line up with the Word. And every time he'd tell me something like that, you know, I, uh, I mean, I said, you're, you're, you're going against the Word, though. No, 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 but I'm hearing God. No, no, you can't hear God unless you hear Him through His Word. See, if I went to Dale right now and I, and I go... And so Dale doesn't do good at reading lips and I really didn't say anything. You know? So all of a sudden Dale goes, "Well, I think he meant this." See, there's no there's no word to go with I, what I think God's saying. If you don't hear God through his word by the Holy Ghost, then it's not God. Not not the God of the Bible. It can be whoever you want God to be, but it's not the God of this. We're here talking today about the God of the Bible. Right? And there's a plan of God's and there's a plan of ours and they're going to clash and it's good that they clash but when they clash we got to change. And not us try to change God and talk Him into what we want but we've got to change in our thinking to line up with His purpose and His plan. Years ago um, at a believers convention in Fort Worth years ago probably 25 years ago i heard brother copeland kenneth copeland make this statement he said the last move of god in the earth the last move of god in the earth is the ministry of jesus the ministry of jesus through mankind and i remember thinking i remember hearing that thinking that's the last move of God? Uh, that ought to be the move of God always. Well, it should. But see, the ministry of Jesus won't flow through mankind if mankind doesn't think like God. And the process of, through the process of time of the last 2,000 plus years since Jesus left the earth, His plan is for you and I to think like Him. And I believe we're living in a time where we have more revelation of God's Word out there, more Word being preached, more opportunity to be sober and vigilant, and the power to be able to do that than we've ever had before. And the question is, what are we doing with it? The question is that we have to ask ourselves all the time, what are we doing with the Word? Because with God's plan in operation, with the understanding of God's plan, in operation, there's nothing that you and I can't accomplish. Signs and wonders and miracles and manifestation of God's power comes through us being submitted to His plan. Submit to God. Do what? Resist the devil, and then preach to the devil for ten days, and, and the devil will flee. No. No, you need yourself being preached to you need revelation flowing. You need to submit to God's purpose and plan so that you're not in pride and being resisted by God. And as there's free flowing, you resist the devil and he flees from your body, from your finances, from your mind, and the whole thing. But, this, but the, the consistent process is the key. The consistency of the process is the key. And people get frustrated and they get tired because of the plan of God. Um, if, if, I, if I told somebody, if I told Dale, if I gave Dale instructions to go to my bank and withdraw $10,000... If I gave him instructions to do that and he went to the bank and he withdrew $10,000 because of what I said, okay, then that would be legal. Now whether the bank would give it to him or not, you know what I'm saying, it would be legal. But if Dale was running short and he just decided to go to my bank without me saying that and Tried to withdraw 10 grand out of my account, what's the problem there? It won't work. And if somehow he got his hands on the money, they'd chase him down and they'd get my money back. Right? They'd get my money back. Why? Because I didn't tell him to do that. Now, on the other hand, I mean, I'm just throwing out some little examples of submitting to what God says if uh, years ago when we were at our, our church or our building on Water Street we were, we were another name we were a conquest Christian we were on Water Street in the rock building there at 300 Water and next door to that was an old old dilapidated house that's not even there anymore <clears throat> one day after church we were Several of us were standing out back, and a little old lady walks up on a walker, and she goes, and she's got a baseball cap on, and she's, at the time, I first met her, I didn't know that day, but she was 89. I did her funeral a month before her 96th birthday, and um, she said, are you the pastor? I said, yes. Yes. And she had something, she was pushing this little cart, and she had something in her hand. And it was some kind of an envelope. And she goes, "Um, you're the pastor that's been here for however many years I've been here? Yes. She goes, "Um, in in one hand she had an envelope, in another hand she had a cassette tape. And uh, she flips the cassette over and she goes, this is you? It had had a, a message that I preached. And had my name on. I said, "Yes, ma'am." She said, um, "She took it, and she had a little a little case in the front of it. And she threw the little cassette in there. I can remember this like it was yesterday." And she took the envelope, and she hands it to me. It's got—I mean, it's—it's a—it's a bank envelope, with the money comes in, and I mean, it's like thick. And she. She hands it to me and she says, this is for you. And I open it up and, I mean, I don't remember now, it was several thousand dollars. And, uh, you know, you, you, you can judge people by their appearance, whether you think they have money or they don't or whether they need money or they need something, you know. And, and I'm just standing there and i got people standing around and I'm, you know, here, I'm standing here with this little old lady on a walker's envelope, of thousands of dollars. And I go, uh, I said, ma'am, there's several thousand dollars in here. And she goes, yeah. And in the next 10 minutes, this little lady <laughs> gives me an education on pride. <coughs> I said, ma'am, I'll take this, and and I said, did you want this to go into the church? She said, I want it to go to you. I said, all right. I said, but ma'am, you know, so I'm arguing with her about it. And so uh, she looks at me and she goes, listen, Sonny. She said, uh, I'm on Social Security. And she said, I live in the house right next door to the church here. And she goes, and social security is not the amount of money I want to make. And if you don't receive this from me, then you're robbing me from my blessing. And so... From that point, God began to say to me, so, so, so what are you going to do? you going to take care of her for the rest of her life? That's what God's saying to me. you going to take care of her for the rest of her life by robbing her of the blessing that she knows? Come to find out, her father built the little church on Water Street. She was the youth pastor in 1936 in that church. Hundreds of people were healed as a result of her life in ministry. Hundreds of people. And through the years that we were in that building, people would come and tell us, I was healed right there at that altar. I was healed of this tuberculosis. I was healed of this thing and this thing. In the last seven years of her life, she was like a grandmother to me. And every time... That that woman got paid, I'm telling you now. Nobody else knows this, I'm just telling you for the first time. Every time that that woman got paid, she had an envelope for me. And she said, I don't want this to go to the church. She said, I'm here to bless you. And when I bless you, I'm blessed. And that woman did so many things financially. But what it, see in my head I'm thinking, man, what are people going to think? I mean, it's going to be in the newspaper, you know. Somebody's going to this, and you know, I mean, I, I, you know, this guy's taking money from a little lady that's on Social Security, and I mean, my mind's just going in every direction because you've been here very long. You understand? We don't think like that, but we do think according to what she corrected me in. Hmm? The best way for increase and blessing is through a seed, right? And that's what she believed in. And so she did that, and she was faithful to it. And what I'm talking about is submitting to the plan of God, and it's never easy. Hmm? It's never easy to submit to something that goes contrary to other kinds of thinking. Did you get my point? Did you get my point? See, the natural thinking there is to take care of somebody that doesn't have enough. That, that is the general rule. That's being politically correct in the society that we live in. If you have too much, you need to give to people that don't have enough. Even if people that don't have enough because they've done some wrong things in the natural. Can you say amen to that? See, and, and that's just the society that we live in, but the thinking's off. It's not about the money. And, and the Bible's very clear about taking care of the poor. And we want to take care of the poor, right? But it's not not robbing somebody of being able to be blessed in what they do. And when we go to other countries, when people that we support go to other countries, and and they begin to teach people that have nothing the benefit of tithing and seed time and harvest time. What's happening? You know the, the old saying, you can give a guy a fish for a day and feed him but you can teach them how to fish for a lifetime, right? And that's the way the kingdom works. That's kingdom principle. And if there's any ulterior motive behind it, it'll never work. See, if there's any dishonest motive, because, you know, in the world, world, most of the world thinks that what preachers want is your money. That's what they think. So I've worked, Becky and I have worked overtime in our life making sure that people don't think that about us. What I'm after is God. His way of thinking and His way of doing. Can you say amen? That's all I want. That's all I've ever wanted. And that's what I'll continue to have. And if I live that life, then I can help other people to see the importance. If you live that life, then you can see other people, help other people see the importance of when your way and his way conflict that you're going to submit to his word. I'm going to do what he says. Come hell or high water, whether anybody likes me or not, I'm going to do what he says. And when I do what he says, it will produce. It will always produce. It's always produced. It produced for Jesus. It produced for everybody in the Bible that we know of. And it will produce for you and I. Because the dispensation that we live in right now is the dispensation, the age of the church. And Jesus said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Why? Because we submit to God, we resist the devil, and he flees, right? And we walk in what? Great grace, great favor, great blessing, great empowerment in our lives. Because of submitting to God and to his way of thinking and his way of operating. Can you say amen? amen. Um, so, So turn back to 1 Peter, and I'm going to end with this. 1 Peter, chapter 5, and verse 8. We we ended at verse 8, I want to read verse 9 and 10. Verse 8 says, So be sober, be vigilant, Because your adversary, the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9. Do what? Resist him. Resist him. Now, now, just remember this today as, as we end this. Remember what I'm saying. Either we're going to be in a place where we're resisted by God or we're going to be in the place of authority that God created us to be in to resist the devil. And I want you to see the resisted by God element as something that is not... I'm not saying that religiously, I'm saying it truthfully from the Word. Fabian, come here and do that little thing for me again. Use Fabian. So, so he's... Choosing to move forward, and he's rejecting God in a certain area where he's operating in pride. and And, and I've told you in the in the series we've talked about it. There's blatant pride, but then there's not casting the care of things pride. There's hidden pockets of pride because whatever's not faith, and whatever's not purposely. Pressing into the will of God will end up being pride. So if, if there's a lot of stuff that's pride, let's just relax. Because this isn't a thing like, okay, so, so Fabian's going to move forward. So this is the resistance of God. So, well, I'll try this. So he tries moving this way but he stays resisted because he's not casting the care. He's trying to work things out. He's trying to maneuver his plan instead of submitting to God's plan. Okay? So once... Now watch this. So once he chooses to release his plan, I'm released. And lay that thing down. Lord, I see what your plan is right here. All of a sudden... I mean, that quickly. And listen, the resistance is not God trying to keep you from accomplishing something. The resistance is God protecting you. Yeah. Amen. Hmm? Because when you're in pride and you're trying to do it your way, the Bible says there's a way that seems right, and the end is destruction. See, so don't misunderstand this resisting thing by God. Everybody say this after me. God is for me. He is not against me okay? This resistance isn't God being against you. This resistance is to protect you until you think like God. Because once you think like God, it's, it's free-flowing. I mean, it's free-flowing. I can go wherever I want to go. I can do whatever I, want, I, can, I that I want to do because what I want to do and where I want to go is where He wants me to go and what He wants me to do. You see the difference? And it's huge. The difference, thank you. The the difference is huge. It's huge. It, it like I said earlier, it it it's it's simple, but it's not easy because it takes time to work the stuff out, and the stuff has to be worked out day by day. So one day, watch one day, you can be walking, man. We're we going, and then all of a sudden you get in pride, and you stop. And you try to, you know, well, then I'll try this, and you try, and you try, and then you move back this way, and you try a little bit more, you try, and you try. and you get, it's, like, it's like the resistance has stopped your progress. Anybody ever felt that way? It's like the progress has stopped. But listen, if, if, the, the, if the progress that's been stopped is for your protection... Then it's good. It's, it's a, it, then it's a good, good situation. It's a win win. We're in a win win. If he's stopping the progress because he knows what pride will do if we go any fur, further, then we're not able to get past it. So now we got to press into him. You press into him and you get his way and his way of thinking. Then all of a sudden, you start moving again. Then there may come a time where there's something else, and it, no, not maybe, it will. Something else will crop up, and it's like, okay. We're kind of, but but the farther that we've walked, we've realized that when we've stopped, <laughs> we're gonna take a break here. We're gonna rest. I'm not gonna fight this thing. I'm missing something. I'm missing something. Because God never misses it. Ever. Not even kind of. I'm missing something. And you know what? Why would I want to go forward in pride when If I will humble myself by casting every care, bringing everything under him, then what's going to happen is he's going to exalt me at the proper time. See, wherever he goes, that's where I'll go. Why? Because I'm under him. I'm connected to him.